movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing, too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have... They also have finish. If you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately, and everything else. So, if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. Hello, how are you? I'm doing Stand good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Hey, Rick, how are you doing? Okay. Uh, can you hear me? I hear you. Oh, yeah. there we go. Sorry, I was, I was say... breaking up there for a second. It's okay. But how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Yes, we're doing All right. now. Part two. <laughs> part two. Part two. Actually. Not Die Hard 2, but part two of this recording. Okay. <laughs> so, so, hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. We're actually going to be doing our Die Hard review. This is actually one of my favorite action films that takes place in the 1980s. Not only that, but Bruce Willis is also the main star of this movie. And I have Tamika with me tonight. Say hello to everyone, Tamika. Hello. And I have my f- good friend Rick on the show with me yet again. Hello, hello. Say hello to everyone. Okay. So, this movie is actually one of my favorite movies. This is actually part of our Christmas movie selection that we actually decided to watch. Yes. Because yes. Die Hard is a is a Christmas movie. Yes, it is. I will, I will fight tooth and nail with that to the grave. It will always be a Christmas movie. Yeah. It it's on IMDb's play. Christmas list. I know. If you go to IMDb's Christmas list, Die Hard is mentioned. There we go. I yeah. rest my case. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it, not only that, but 20th, 20th Century Fox also ended up making it 100% fact that it is a Christmas movie. Oh, good. Okay, good. So, it's gospel now. But this... Good. What I have to say I liked about this movie was the fact that it's it's, simp- uh, it's simplicity, if you will, because of the fact it's so simple. It's just a guy who's trying to go home, uh, go over to Los Angeles to see his wife for the holidays to spend Christmas with her, and the this group of terrorists decides that they're going to go ahead and terrorize Nakatomi Building, and that's when Bruce Willis goes ahead. And tries to uh, kill every single one of them inside the building. It's very simple. You don't really need a lot of background on John McClane or anything like that. We already know who he is just from the first five minutes of setup. 
because of the fact when he's on the airplane, the guy's looking down at his gun, and he goes, it's okay, I'm a cop. I work for the New York City um, Police Department, and then, of course, that's also when we actually see him being taken into the limo with uh, with one of the employees. Argyle. Of the mm-hmm. I love Argyle. Argyle. Yep. Argyle. Or- Argyle is really chill. He's really cool. I really like the back and forth between them two. And then also, too, he goes, oh, so you guys are divorced. I don't want to talk about Argyle. Yeah. He busts his balls. Uh, yeah, I-, I love him. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's a typical, like, I, you can see he's young, but he's also got the same attitude as like a. I'm just a young guy. I don't really care. I'm just doing my own thing, having fun. And he like gives off that vibe throughout the whole thing too. It messes up, messes exactly. around on the back of the limo. You know who doesn't? What teenager doesn't want to do that? You know, like yeah. But what do you think of that opening uh, scene, though, Tamika, with the limo driver, with everything that how we got introduced with John McClane? What did you think about that? Um, it was like pre Uber. So it's like if you get in an Uber, that's what they do. They bust your balls and then they talk to you. Some do. Um, trying to get conversation going. But yeah, I like that scene. And it was interesting the the lighting too showed it was very California. Like the sunset and everything kind of was like that moody California vibe. Like everybody's kissing each other. <laughs> Like, it's pretty good. Right, and we're going to get oh, into that, okay. too, because cause remember, John McClane, as soon as he gets into the building, the office building. California. He winds up, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that's also, too, whenever he actually gets kissed, like French kissed from both sides of his cheek and goes, California. He said it <laughs> in the airport, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he says it twice in the movie and everything. I really like that whole entire aspect. Like I said, the atmosphere of California, you can actually tell this is actually California love. Yeah. <laughs> nope, uh, pun yeah. intended. As a as a New Jerseyan but... who has some best friends who live in California, it is a different world. <laughs> <laughs> I have some California friends myself, and it is a total different world compared to where I am. They're more chill, they're more re- relaxed, yeah. a little bit laid yeah. back. They're not energized as no. much and everything. And that's exactly how we actually get from this crowd that's actually inside this office space as well. Like, they, they're snobs. Some, like, the office people are really snobbish. They're uh, not to mention, too, that they're greedy, they're egotistical, and also, too, you know, especially the scene when John first sees his wife again and... Uh, Alex comes in and goes, "Hey, did you show him the watch?" Oh, uh, yeah, Alice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alice. I, can, I for some reason I want to say Alex, so, but it's yeah. Alex. He okay. looks like an Alex. He's. A, uh, he looks like a douche. Really looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just yeah. got through his pound of coke. <laughs> yeah, and an office yeah. Christmas yeah, party Christmas. in front of his, <laughs> He gets caught in front of his boss too. Like, it's, literally, they walk in on him, like right in the middle of ripping a line, pretty much. It's like, oh, uh, he still got someone on his nose. Yeah, an idiot in front of John, who's and also a cop. I know, <laughs> right? Which like, <laughs> also makes it that much yeah. funny. This movie is actually pretty hilarious. Not gonna lie. There's a lot of good comedic uh, tongue-in-cheek parts, and even just jokes, but pretty much all throughout it. 
Exactly. Definitely. And also, too, is I like how John actually sees that his wife actually changes, changed her name to Gennaro, which is her maiden name. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and everything. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would but be too. Are they separated? I'm gonna be. I, yeah, it, it seems like they're separated, right? They, I think he says there's, there, or it's brought up that they've been separated for like six months, but they're definitely not know. divorced yet. They're still married, but I mean, I can see, I can see, understand both sides of where she feels like they've been separated for six months and they live on the other sides of the country from each other. So uh, you know, what's the point? And then I can see his point of view where he's like, but we're not divorced. Like, we're still married. Like, Yeah. Yeah, because she took this job for more pay, right? Or better career opportunity. Yeah. And she said something like they they wouldn't hire her if she was married. She mentioned something like that. It was about being a Japanese company. Yeah. I I don't know, really. Yeah, it's about basically what she says to John, which I think is totally <laughs> mess. I don't think the company actually cares if she's married or not, as long as she's making the money for them, and that's it. But I don't think that's going to... If that was in the rules and regulations of the company, that's going to be sexist, not only sexist, but they can also yeah. sue that company. So here's the thing, though. When Holly says, oh, I work for a Japanese company, and you know, the Japanese look at the fact that I'm married, there's chances is I won't ever get promoted mm. or anything like that. So that's why oh, I did that. That's, uh... <laughs> I'm not cool with that. <laughs> no. And then, on top of that, they did... Um, when Orgyle winds up telling him this, though, too, if you actually remember, inside the limo, he said, so let me guess. You were thinking that she was going to go to California and she wasn't going to make anything of herself. So, therefore, you just went on ahead, let her do her thing, and let her come crawling back yeah, to you. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And he goes, yet again, yeah. you're right. He did an Oprah moment. On <laughs> I was touching. <laughs> but. And not only that, but these these office people are also having sex oh, inside. Oh, yeah. The Christmas, yeah. of course, it's an yeah. office Christmas party Usually, and everything. Is it's California, insane. yeah, California, <laughs> in the personal space. I can see like the boundaries John has, like he's he's New York, right? Yeah, he's New York, yeah, the New yeah. York person, like personal space. And in California, it seems like there's an invasion of that with all the French kissing and the interaction and mingling together. Yeah, there's basically no, no personal space when it comes down to that. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> super free COVID. <laughs> I love that. Uh, but yeah, another thing though too is uh, he Alice winds up telling her, "Hey, did you show him the watch?" And and instead of letting her talk to him, he's doing all the yeah. talking, and he's like, "It's a Rolex." <laughs> And John's like, you can actually look and tell that he wants to actually punch this guy in yeah. the face. I mean, not only is Alice a douche, but he's on coke, which just makes <laughs> yeah. just more of a... That's just right. horrible. You can't be a douche and on coke. Yeah. This is a terrible combination. <laughs> you gotta pick one. <laughs> right? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> 
Maybe the coach just makes him a lot oh more juicy. I'm pretty sure his level's pretty high even <laughs> without that. He just needs some weed or something. Maybe that's exactly. There you go. Yeah. There you go. He'll be a stoner <laughs> douche. Um, <laughs> at least he'll be a little bit mellow. <laughs> right. True. Very true. But, you know, I liked how they actually do that. And then finally, we actually see the building getting taken over in only like 15 minutes of the film, which is actually really good. And I also want to point out that this movie is clocked in at two hours and 42 minutes long, which doesn't even feel like a two-hour really movie. that long? No way. Yeah. I, I was actually surprised by it. I'm, I promise you. I looked it up on HBO Max when I was watching it. And yeah, by the way, guys, HBO Max and everything, they are actually they actually have all the Die Hard movies what? on there, so I, go ahead, get your popcorn, get your fill. I own all the Die Hard movies unrated, yeah. by the way. It's one of my all-time favorite movie series, uh, but... I just have one and three. I didn't have to pull my DVD out, so, because it's on HBO Max, so that's <laughs> why I watch it on there. I feel the same way you do, though. Like, I own a movie, but I don't feel like getting I, them out, so... I like, know oh, it's on okay, screen, it's digital, so I'm just so going to pop up. So, would you say streaming has made us lazy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get in my so. DVD I, I mean, case my and DVD, get it out. I have, like, Jeez. one of those uh, like <laughs> CD books. I actually have, like, three oh, yeah, of I got those CD too. books and just DVDs, and it's literally right next to the TV. I didn't want to get up to put it in the thing. Uh, <laughs> it's alphabetized. It makes it convenient. Yeah, like, I don't even have to, like, look through it, really. I just, like, no, uh, it's on digital. I'll just... Do it that way. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, I do have to say, the like I said, it's about 15 minutes of the film. The movie just takes off and just doesn't slow down. Then we're introduced to Hans, um, Hans and everything, and there's this whole entire takeover. And then John is also still trying to get ready for the party and everything and washing up. And then... Doesn't have his shoes on or anything like that, so he's walking around the building with his with in his bare feet, and then the Japanese owner of the company is Mr. being Tadaki. taken into the conference room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mister Tadaki, and that's when Hans tells him on the count of four, "You're going to tell me the passcodes to the computer, or else I'm going to end up blowing your can brains I, out." Can I pause it here for a minute? I just want to. I just yeah. want to talk a little bit yeah. about Hans uh, Hans Gruber and like his whole villainy and like how he is, <laughs> because I gotta say Hans okay. Gruber is one of the most awesome friggin' movie villains ever. Yeah. And I mean Alan Rickman is just so mm-hmm. awesome in this movie as Hans, and and it was his first movie. He had only done like, yeah, this was Alan Rickman's first movie. He had only ever done like plays and and British television before this. So this was his Alan Rickman's very first movie coming out of the gate swinging as Hans Gruber. So like super awesome on that. But like, as I said, like I'm I'm a huge fan of Hans and I got, I got a couple of reasons why. Um, Like you can tell he is not like. I feel like in a lot of thief movies and stuff like that, usually the thieves are like the desperate, you know, bottom of the barrel, you know, like I'm I'm struggling, so I'm doing this like for a good reason kind of thing. Or or like, you know, sometimes there's that kind of empathy that you can feel with the bad guys a little bit. They kinda of like gives them some more of that stuff mm-hmm. where like 
you can tell Hans is very, very well educated and was brought up in a very like rich type of setting. Like he comments on uh, Takagi's suit and is like, oh, you have this kind of suit. I have two of them myself. He flaunts repeatedly about like the things that he owns and the things that he's done in his life. And like, I really feel like in, like he doesn't see himself as the bad guy. I feel like he sees himself as like the, no. like when uh, Takagi calls him a terrorist. He's like, it's like who said we were terrorists? And then when he's asking for the money, he's like, oh, you know, six hundred and forty million dollars. That's only ten days worth of your company's money. Like it's not even that big of a deal. Like I feel like he really is like doesn't see himself as a bad guy and doesn't really need the money as much as he like just wants to do this. Like, it's kind of like, uh, I'm better than everybody, watch me get away with this kind of a thing. Yeah, because he mentions, too, that I can he see that about the company on <laughs> Forbes magazine. Right. So, yeah. And then he talks about the Nak- Nakatomi um, is greed around the globe. So I don't know if he just wanted to take out the company because of the name. Because it's worldwide and global. So one of the things that um, he about this movie that I didn't understand for the first like dozen times I've watched it, but I ended up looking it up because I was like, why does he want to steal bearer bonds? Like, why would he want to steal yeah. bonds? You know, it ends up bearer. That's what bonds, I was wondering. They don't about. really use them anymore. But at the time in the movie, bearer bonds were used, and they are untraceable. There is no legal transfer mm. of name required when you're using bearer bonds. So, if, so, for example, if I buy a bunch of bonds like today, and I want to transfer over them to you, John, I would have to sign this paperwork saying I'm transferring it over to in your name. You don't have to do that with bearer bonds. Who, literally, whoever holds it has the money. Wow. So that's why $640 million of bearer bonds is a big deal because A, it's pretty much untraceable, uh, and B, at bearer bonds kind of started getting a bad name for themselves because they were used in a lot of illegal activities because they seem more legit because it's not cash, but at the same time, it's untraceable. So that's why he wanted those. And I right. wanted to, th- like, he knows what he's doing. It's pretty much what I'm getting at. It's like, he knows. And, it, and as Tamika said, it could be that Nakatomi was into some shady stuff if you're using bear bonds, because why would you need them if, you know, you're doing everything legit by the bucks? Oh, yeah. Every corporation. Exactly. Oh, yeah, of and course. Doing something shady. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and even Coca Cola. By the way, Coke. I just I love Coca Cola. <laughs> But I do have to say this. I, the motivation with Hans, he knows what he wants. He knows what he's after. Whenever you have a takeover with a building and everything, too, like most uh, negotiation movies, they don't really know what they want. They don't have an actual motivation. But with Hans, on the other hand, he knows how to manangle them. He knows what he wants. He knows that he need, what he needs to do to get out of the building. He knows how to actually he's pull the strings from underneath them. And that's he's something got it that all I really planned liked. out. Except, right, you know, for John McClane, you know. That. Yeah, yeah, he didn't plan for that one. Right. <laughs> minor setback. One little no minor setback. You know. Well, now that you mention it, Rick, I wish they would have, like, incorporated that in the movie somehow. 
just like a conversation between the two, like let's say a crim one of the guys is like, Why do we need Barophones, like you idiot! It's our train. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know for a long time. (laughs) I was always very like, why, why these? Until I literally looked it up to be like, what is a bearer bond? And that's pretty much what I googled. And uh, I started reading that, and was like, oh, it makes perfect sense now. Now it's like way more makes. But they, I do wish they would have done a little bit about that because my whole, you know, first few times I watched it, I was like, bonds. Can't, what can you do with bonds? Like, they're attached to company names, aren't they? But apparently not these yeah. ones. No, not necessarily. I had a savings bond and stuff like that. True, but Someone your name's on it, me and right? Things like that. Yeah. See, and with true. Air bonds, true. there's yeah, no, true. none of that paperwork. It's just literally, it's like having a dollar, but, you know, 640 million of them. And wow. Yeah. Right, I got you. So that does make sense on what you're saying, though, too. But I'm also thinking, yeah. well, it's the 80s, though, too, where they probably thought that bearer bonds was going to be something that's going to be last forever. And also, too, everybody at that time probably knows what a bearer bond is, so therefore they didn't feel like the need to actually explain That's it. true. That's a possibility. Probably. No. <laughs> <laughs> us regular that's the library in her people don't know <laughs> right yeah. I didn't even know what a bear bond is so I, I do yeah, appreciate that you're little welcome. Uh, background it on that it does help thank you but I thought the tension built up for the conference room alone on that scene and then he doesn't even finish the four he actually just goes on ahead and kills him and then John's underneath the conference table watching this go down, watching his brain splatter across the uh, other room. And then he runs off, and then they're wondering what uh, what the noise was. And they just go back to doing their normal business. <laughs> I feel like it's do. like a, you know, the bad guys in the but, game. So what was that noise? No, oh, nothing? All right, back, yeah. to, back to our thing. Yeah. 80. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back to shooting people. If I had kids, <laughs> Or if I do have kids, I want to do the Hans Gruber method of counting. Because it terrified me. He said, I will count to three. There will not be a four. And I'm going to do it in that accent. Like, I'm going to brush up my German accent. Heck yeah. And I'm going to see if that's going to work on my future children. <laughs> like, oh They're going to be God, terrified. Gonna shoot me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I could just see you one more time. I'm going to pull a Hans on it you. It can only work Uh-oh. like the first two business. times. Then they're like, let me guess. You got to count to three. There won't be a four. <laughs> Your kids are smart. You got to come up with more stuff. <laughs> or you're just going to sneak it on, on them and there, there is a four. And then you're just doing, oh. Yeah. Yes, nerf gun. <laughs> <laughs> Not a real gun. <laughs> no, I want to right. children. <laughs> Die hard. <laughs> Why did you invite me on this show, John? But, uh... <laughs> okay. I like having you on. So... <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that those scenes actually work out really well. It still holds up. And everything, and then also too, the technology inside the building too is also another thing that it, it's more advanced now than it is back then. But 
they had the whole entire layout of the building. They knew everything about where, where they actually cut the power off from, cut the phone lines off of, as you can actually tell whenever he's actually talking to, John is actually talking to the limo driver downstairs. And then that's whenever they lose yeah. the telephone service. Mm. So I actually thought that was actually pretty cool how they actually have a hacker and everything a part of this whole entire organization and this, they are actually as I said before, like, this whole thing out. was like methodically planned out. Like they were obviously yeah. very well funded. They're intelligent. They got the hackers. They got the guy who knows how to cut the phone lines. They got um you know, the guy who like they got people who could switch their accents to English, no problem, like the dude on at the front desk. Uh like they like this was a this was a well thought out, well planned attack on this place. He knew everything about Takagi and uh Nakatomi and everything walk as he's like walking around like like this was researched. Yeah. So it was very well researched. I'm just gonna yeah. point that out. <laughs> but another thing though too you know, I you mentioned the guy mm-hmm. who cuts the phone lines. The guy was over there trying to do that, Carl. and then the guy's like, "You know what? Screw it. Brother. I'm just gonna get a chainsaw and just cut <laughs> the phone." Yeah, chainsaw. he did that to his brother. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's like, well, my my million is about to be cut because I don't. I'm no longer needed now. <laughs> because my brother just cut the whole phone lines with all with the chainsaw. Do you think that they so had like decoys? Like scoping out the place too, you know, like in some of the movies where they oh, like a the heist, case the joint. They have somebody. Yeah, they have like somebody work there as oh, a janitor or like electrician. That's a good possibility. Yeah, I never even. I wouldn't be surprised. That would definitely yeah. give them or some actor inside to put stuff. on an American accent. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a possibility because we don't see any maintenance workers. We don't see any housekeepers oh, in this yeah. area at all. Heck, it could even be level people. It could even be one of the like construction guys because the building was still under construction. Might be pretty easy to get like uh, one of their dudes right. to infiltrate the construction company on it, and then they would pretty much have free reign of the building if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right, because they have the yeah. blueprints oh, and everything. Brilliant. So, yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. I never even thought about yeah. that possibility, yeah. but it makes sense. Yeah. 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 Years of watching. That's actually a good question to pick up. About <laughs> these. Still. Oceans. It's <laughs> always they plan. I'm just a lowly janitor. Don't <laughs> mind me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust that guy. <laughs> oh, look, there's a blueprint. <laughs> I was like, oh, look, there's the blueprints. Wonder what would happen if something would mis- mysteriously yeah. just. We're going to have to stay on this job like two days longer. What? <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah, a lot that has sure. to be done. I could just see the inspectors and everything, if there was <laughs> any inspectors at all. It's like. Uh, you need to get this done, that done, yeah. and that done. Okay, no problem. We have plenty of time to scale the, the IT department. It's like, oh no, there's a virus. There is? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really have to say, they do uh, such a good job with this film oh, yeah. to the point where it, yeah. it's actually believable with everything they're doing. And also, too, 
Um, another thing that I liked was when John finally gets the machine gun, and he goes and go, and he ends up putting the brother inside the elevator. And oh goes, yes. I got a machine gun. Ho ho part. ho! I and do love that the scene. Elevator. That's actually a shirt yeah. too. <laughs> I've, I've thought about buying one before, <laughs> but like, also, honestly, you did not really need to do that. Like, it's. I feel like if you just did it to intimidate the other guys, because he could have, you know, hid the body or anything like that, and especially dressing them up and writing, you know, now I have a machine gun, ho ho ho, on them. Right. Like, I really feel like the only reason John did that was to like fuck with Hans Gruber and his dudes. Mm-hmm. But like, there's somebody else in the building besides you guys yeah. that you have he to was worry in about. An elevator shaft or whatever that was, where he was listening mm-hmm. to them as they read the shirt. Yep. And then he wrote on his arm, like, "Cross out that German guy, Hans, and the next guy." Yeah, Carl. which was Carl. Yep. And uh, I really like that. I really like that he was actually identifying them and seeing which ones was so, one of the main person that he needed to take down. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. And then, of course, he also calls up not, uh, the dispatch and everything. <laughs> dispatch doesn't believe that there's anything going on or anything like that. It's not until they actually fire the guns at him that they actually believe him. And then they send out... I- Carl from Family Matters. <laughs> was this pre Family pre- Matters? I think it's post, post right? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, oh, no, I never watched Family Matters. <laughs> but <What? it's>... no. <laughs> get off this podcast. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've also never watched Saved by nah. the Dark. My wife gives me crap for all the time. Wait, yeah. oh, John, no, cut his mic. Cut yep. his mic. Cut it. No. Cut his mic. Now. You don't deserve to be on this podcast. He doesn't deserve this. You uncultured swine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he winds up he winds up um, getting the call and then of course he goes in and checks it out. The guy who's actually German is behind the desk, switches his accent, like you mentioned, Rick, and then he's like, well, everything looks good here. And then the guy's acting like he bet on a football game and everything to oh, make yeah. him look like it's more American. Cowboy boots on. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he had cowboy oh, yeah. boots on. He was crossing his legs. He was like, oh, dang it, man. Texas lost. You know, something like that. I mean, <laughs> planned out. Right. Super planned out. I just also want to mention about when. McLean finally calls, gets through the dispatch. He's like, This is for emergencies only, sir. He's like, I'm like You think I know? This sounds like ordering a fucking pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite line out of that whole like, thing. It's, I love the it looks like I'm ordering a fucking pizza. To this movie it's a little... on its own. Like, because it does have quite a few really funny parts to it where you just like, or at least I start like laughing out, out loud. Like, that's just, that's one of the, the best Me ones. Me too. I love that one. I also like, ho, 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 yeah. I have a machine gun. Yippee oh, yeah. I like that line. Oh, yeah. Hey, motherfucker. <laughs> which I put a shit, one of which my I did put that in my hashtags for the show. <laughs> is, it's a little bit farther ahead when, the, when I don't want to spoil too much, but the Asian bad guy 
is setting up his post by the door, and he's right by like the candy snack <laughs> section, and he just reaches <laughs> under and pulls out a candy. And I'm like, that's me. That's exactly oh, what yes. I would be doing in that same situation. <laughs> All this candy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And he and he it's eats like, okay, more than one candy. I'm gonna bar, die anyway, like, so I'm just gonna go grab this. And you don't see the first one he grabs, but they show him the second time, and he's eating a crunch, one of those crunch bars. And then the third, oh, he did. And then the, the third crunch. time yep. you see him, he's eating something that has like caramel in the middle, which crunch bars don't have. So he definitely ate more mm. than one candy bar. <laughs> I know that's like one of my sweet too. That's like one of my favorite scenes in that movie. I thought that was actually <laughs> pretty funny. The stupidest reason. And that's pretty much because I would also be eating candy. I think I would be too. It's like, okay, I have, I'm I still, have this under control. I'm just going to eat these candy I mean, bars here. I'm not going anywhere for the next couple of hours. I'm under three bucks on that bill, you know? Like... Yeah, you can buy so much candy with that. Yeah, right. Awesome. At that point, you can actually buy the candy bar, Nestle Crunch. You can um, take a bath company in if you actually that think about it. Sounds awful yet amazing at the same time. To. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god! But uh, the thing with Hans, though, you mentioned the uh, whenever. He got the henchmen to actually switch the accents. Oh, yeah. Hans actually does yeah, that, too. Yeah, but it wasn't as good as the security guard's accent. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Okay. Though, because he's trying his best to actually hide it. And you can tell that he's trying... In order for him to do that, he has to try... And mm-hmm. He knows his accent's thick, right? So he knows that he has to get John McClane on his side somehow or another to make him look like he's actually an American. And you can definitely tell whenever he's actually acting, whenever he's actually acting like he's an American, he's having that struggle of actually keeping that accent in. You can actually tell. Which just also just goes to show how awesome of an actor Alan Rickman is. Because, I mean, he's yeah. a British guy pretending to be mm-hmm. a German, pretending to be definitely. an American. <laughs> Man, that was awesome. And then for the longest time, I thought he was and German. And that's the level... <laughs> Because even as Snape, he has that German <laughs> accent type. You see, I thought he was also, I to be honest with you, I thought he was actually just English, but, you know. But I think that the other parts, though, that I really have to say I enjoyed was the part where John comes th- making a circle around the upstairs like when he's going up the building up on the roof and then circling back down again and he sees that same yes. picture of the of the locker with the girls a the pornographic picture <laughs> <laughs> you're right the first time he comes around he goes oh okay and then he comes back around again and he goes oh thank god and then gives him a, he gives him a kiss <laughs> which has like a Duke Nukem kind of feel to it if you actually think about it uh, but that's something that I really liked about that, though, was that scene. And then there was also another part where he's trying to convince that there is something going on here. So he throws out, uh, throws one of the bodies oh, yeah. down on the car yeah. with the co- when the cop pulls up. That scene was pretty good. I, when they were on a zigzag table, and yes. the bad guy was like on top of the table shooting him below. And then he was shooting him from uh, below from above. 
That yeah, that is a cool, cool scene. Another thing, too, whenever John's on top of the elevator, I don't know about y'all, but I still cringe every single time when I'm running thinking that he's about to get it, get oh, yeah, they did a good job that on too. top of that elevator shaft. They did a good job. This movie's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. <laughs> I love I love this movie as well, and then also too, I liked it whenever he goes into the uh, um, he winds up going to the duck work and everything, and he his goes, inner monologue. Come to the party, are, like, one have of a the few best drinks. Things of this of just the Die Hard series in general, but like yeah, that that is like, and then after uh, um, Mr. Takagi is killed, he's like, he's all like, oh, like, well, why didn't you stop him, John? Because then you'd be dead too, asshole. Like his his monologues yeah. are just. <laughs> Awesome. They're, they're so freaking funny. <laughs> it makes him relatable too. It shows he's just his regular guy. And if you were in a situation, mm-hmm. you'd be doing the same thing. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Definitely. Most definitely. And then, of course, the whole scene when Hans winds up mm, uh, shooting yeah. the glass Oof. and everything mm-hmm. to make him walk on the glass okay, to track that him yeah, was a really so smart move. Yeah, it was like they were taking like Me part too. of his weaponry away from him, like his feet or like his part of his weapons, like just the way he moved so swiftly, like a ninja. Just crawling oh yeah, <laughs> all these elevator shafts and everything else, <laughs> and everybody else had shoes on. I don't know if there's anything to point out for that, but it's like everyone had shoes on except him. And I don't know if his feet were like a right. form of like it's like a ninja weapon. Yeah, and then they took tried to take that away from him. Right, because well, if you think about it, though, if you wear shoes, they can actually mm. track you a whole lot more because your shoes make noise. But your feet, they don't really mm-hmm. you, you don't make any noise at all, so therefore they can't find you as quick as quickly. So yeah, you. He can actually be stealthy whenever he needs to be stealthy without having And it's shoes. a unique action movie anyway, because I don't think I've ever seen an action movie since where the main character has no shoes. <laughs> I know it's a small thing, but it's like a big thing for me. Just <laughs> I don't know why. Don't ask me. But like, I don't see Arnold Schwarzenegger walking around with no He's shoes. He's got combat on. boots on. In Terminator, <laughs> yeah. Well, when he first became, right, his... you know, came down to Earth, whatever, <laughs> he was kind of like <laughs> came down to Earth. <laughs> like he was like naked and he didn't have any uh, shoes on, and he had to like kill somebody for some clothes. <laughs> but I'm talking about Die Hard right now. <laughs> You're yeah. talking about throughout the whole entire movie in itself, yes. where a character didn't I, have I any guess, shoes. I don't on. know. I got Maybe there's a, a, a study on uh, that. I don't I, know. You can read so I much think in it's the dialogue. He kills the first guy he kills with the ho ho Carl's brother. He kills him and then he takes his shoes off to try him on. He's like, he's like out of all the all the terrorists I kill, I kill ones with feet one with feet smaller than my sister. And meanwhile, like the dude's like six foot something monster and apparently he's got like these super tiny feet. That like with, Yeah. <laughs> You would think that actually, like I someone that big that would be like in shaft size shoes or he something. He wears like size 16s, I think it is. Some like crazy, yeah. And he's not, 
he's not he's tall, but he's like a lanky guy. He wears like size sixteen shoes of insane. Mm, yeah. Not size five apparently. <laughs> well it might be because oh, they were German, so German. I don't know. <laughs> we we love you. <laughs> but you know, I liked another thing too that I have to say that I really enjoyed about this film was the fact that, you know, we're thinking that this movie's over after Hans dies off the roof. And the other guy who is mainly after Carl. John through the whole entire movie is actually strung up mm. with chains. Yeah. Carl. Yeah. And he just comes out of nowhere this getting ready A-U-G. to uh, like kill him. John. And out of nowhere, and John just goes on again, another thing I like about this like movie, nothing, and then walks away. No, was that Al? Sorry, they killed him. Yeah, Al? that was a policeman. Yeah, right? Al got some. Uh, yeah, I mean, John and Al definitely have to go out and like buy each other drinks after. Yeah, all this crap. Like the romance <laughs> was amazing. Yeah, by the way, the back and forth between them two was really good. Al was great, the best part of the movie. Relation. Then you have Johnson and Johnson, the FBI agents. <laughs> no. <Okay. It's> like... <laughs> I'm like, so Imagine... we have the baby shampoo. Imagine Johnson. Trying Johnson to... is a special agent Johnson. That's no the relation. first thing I was thinking of. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can we talk about I'm how like, how okay, I think that's kind of obvious, LAPD but okay. was in this movie. The, the friggin'. Oh, man. It's the like you're in my head. They were very incompetent. <laughs> idiot, man. Absolute idiot. He, he was because, you know, Al's trying to tell him what's going on. Well, how do you know he's the cop? How do you know that? He could be the terrorist. And he was saying, well, he was using all of our lingo, like perk using different things that a cop would use. He's actually a cop. How do you know that? It's a hunch. And then they're shooting out. They're missing us. They must not know what yeah, they're I doing. Yeah, I was way better. No, than they're shooting out the light. The was. Jeez. <laughs> right. I would have actually took that over to that crime scene over. With, I would have let the FBI like, you know what? We're not doing anything here. But causing more havoc yep. than what we are. Oh, so man, you guys like, can go on ahead. They did, and they have did that. nothing to help. The, neither the FBI or the police. No, Definitely. they made it worse. And like even <laughs> and back to Hans Gruber and all of his glory. Like, because as I said, <laughs> one of my favorite movie villains ever. Like he even was planning for the police. He was planning for the FBI to show up. He knew exactly what they were going to do. He's literally. He even says like they're playing. Yep. By the by, the anti-terrorist playbook exactly as he expected, like it just made the situation worse. It played right into their hands. The only one who wasn't of a whole part of the plan was, you know, it was John, and he messed everything up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He messed everything up for them, and also too, they even mentioned that though too. It's like. Uh, when his wife's being held hostage and Alice is like, what's going on? 
they're, oh, yeah. their plan is unfolding. Only, only John can piss someone or off that Or something like that. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> right. <laughs> and he goes, well, what do you mean by that? He's doing his job. He's He's a cop in New York. And it's like, dude, he's trying to help you. That's but his yet own fault. you're being an idiot. Oh, oh which I'm glad he died. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Take it. Take it away. Yeah, because yeah. he he came in. <laughs> he came in with Hans. He's like, Hans, I'm your white knight, baby. I'm like, what in the world? He's like, Hans, Bobby. Even the look on Hans' face is Come like, what on. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, and right. then Carl was like, shoot him. He's like, right. Let's see how this plays out. <laughs> it's... Right. But you can definitely oh, tell yeah. that he's getting annoyed with them yeah, but in then the first when five he minutes. to negotiate with John, they pour him a Coke. I don't know why that is significant to me. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Something's going wrong. <laughs> I was noticing that too. Class. And when he was drinking well, it, and he got shot. Well, I know I he like, likes coke. No. So, <laughs> big there you go. <laughs> Might as well drink the thing that you love before you die. But another thing, though, too. Remember, he also tells John, he goes, "John, buddy, you remember we went to school together. We've been friends forever. Everything." And he goes, "Hans, I don't know this guy." And everything. And even, I only and knew him in the brief says, 10, like, oh, John, minutes of me being me. there. Like, why would you even put that idea in our heads? Like, oh, it's so fault. It's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It's his own downfall. It's his own fault. But they were going to kill him anyways, regardless of the fact that they were going so to do that because they know he was like Coke. I mean, I understand. I'm from Georgia. Hey, he just wanted still, to... They should at least finish this coke and then shoot him. Well, <laughs> yes, well he wanted to have one last drink before he died. It. Before they killed him. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame him <laughs> <laughs> because they had enough of his okay. shit. <laughs> because Hans was even getting annoyed, like in the first five minutes, especially when they call him like the White Knight, and then also too. You can even tell, like, whenever he has his hands on his cheek and, he's, and he has his eyes rolled up, it's like, oh, God, yeah, okay, how much longer do we have to put them. up with him? Because Ellis was like, they're Euro trash. I know how to yeah. talk circles around them. Alice, Alice was, is a swindler, I feel like, when these guys, Hans and the other, even the other terrorists, they are intelligent. They know what they're doing. They could, yeah. see, they could see right through Alice's crap. Yeah. Really, they don't need any help. Ugh. Right. But, all right, so let's talk about some trivia. I know that you have a lot of uh, trivia on, I am. on this, though. I am. <laughs> because I know that you're a diehard, diehard fan of this, and I am too. I do have a tiny bit of trivia, so go ahead. <laughs> I have Please a little bit as well. So, you want me you know, to educate you? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Educate me, please. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. So, uh, I know. So, it's a Christmas movie. I mean, I know we've already established that, but the fact that they put all like Christmas music and the Christmas party and everything, like I could see. I know, I know it's been you know confirmed 
by Fox and everything, but like, there's no. I mean, one of the first things you hear in a movie is the plane announcer wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. They don't even do that anymore. Like, so definitely. Um, uh, no, I don't know. Now you have me on the spot. Yo, don't do that. <laughs> it's all, oh, it's sorry. All good. It's oh, all sorry. Good. sorry. Oh, sorry. 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 Some things about it. Um, John. Oh. Oh, I know a fun fact. Uh, the Nakatomi building that they used was actually owned by Fox and was the Fox what? headquarters currently under construction. And they paid themselves rent yep. to use the building as the set for the movie. <laughs> and not to mention... <laughs> And not to mention, they were also getting noise oh, complaints man. from the neighbors and everything, too. And I like the fact that they use that as a set because, you know, people, some people may like, be like, okay, why is this building not finished? But then again, buildings, they always add other floors oh, yeah. to the buildings all the time by corporations. So it and actually plus, makes I mean, sense. Paying yourself rent, that's absolutely To do it that way. Genius way to do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, I think Bruce Willis has paid like right. five million dollars for this movie, which is like unheard of at the time. And the, yep, and it so also made twenty eight. Well, the budget was actually twenty eight million. <clears throat> That's the budget, and then it, uh, I have to look at how much it actually. <laughs> I mean, it's still broke, though. I mean, there are so there are some movies. So it grows two hundred and forty point. It grows oh, two hundred and forty point two million dollars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a movie that's still talked about. So that's actually pretty good. It's almost a seasonal tradition now for a lot of people. One of my friends on Facebook yeah. they posted like. Oh, what movie should uh, me and my girlfriend watch tonight? What Christmas movie? Uh, and like ninety percent of the comments for Die Hard. <laughs> it's like not Elf, yeah. not a Christmas Story, not you know, uh, <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> exactly. And another thing I want to actually mention this too, that there were other actors that was going to be playing John at one time. They were gonna. Uh, four other actors were considered to be John McClane. Uh, later in the Expendable films, which happened to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, and Bill Gibson, and Harrison Ford, Sly and Arnold appeared with Bruce Willis in the first two, but Willis was supposed to appear in the third one, and didn't due to money problems. The third one had Gibson as the villain, and Ford replacing Willis, the CIA contact of the Expendables. So Willis missed the opportunity to work with fellow action stars like Ford and Gibson. But the, uh, I think the the four of them was Schwarzenegger, no Gibson, Harrison that Ford, and Stallone. Some actors I would definitely see as uh, also potentially being him. But yeah, well, now was it Steve McQueen? I don't know why. Was he supposed to? Zoltar. Was he alive? No. Was he old? Too old? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. This was how. When was this? Yeah, like 80, so, 88. I don't know. Maybe no. that could have been had something to do with why he was passed yeah. up. Maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Let's see. And then there was also another thing, too, that I want to actually mention is the fact that James Shigeta, mm-hmm. the actor who plays Takaji, also played Vice uh, Admiral Nagamo in the movie Midway mm-hmm. in 1976. The password to unlock the computer was Akaji, which was the flagship of ADL oh. Nagmo during the Battle of Midway. Okay. I didn't see Midway. Yes, that was I also like the fact the, that they um, used Ode to Joy in this film. Whoever was in charge of the com- of the music in this movie was actually against it in the beginning, and uh, and didn't want to use Ode to Joy. He thought like using Beethoven in an action movie was like was like uh, a blasphemy. And then uh, the director <laughs> mentioned that they used Ode to Joy in A Clockwork Orange. Which is a very messed up violent movie, and and Ooh, and then it, the, he was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm on board for that. That's cool. I can agree with that." Yeah, I just can't <laughs> drink milk the same again. That's all I say. <laughs> oh, another thing too is oh, Michael Madison was actually honest. considered for the role of John McClane. Was he okay. in a Kill Bill movie? Uh, let's see here. Another, uh, well, that's not him, is it? Oh. I think so. No, John Travolta no. was also like Travolta considered for the role of John McClane as well. <laughs> I do. Hey, you guys. I like Travolta in, in a couple of movies. <laughs> but. Oh, like, oh, I from love, that love movie. with Paris? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love that movie. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that movie. That and Pulp Fiction are my two favorite movies by him. But. Yeah, don't don't yeah, judge don't me like though it. for loving comparison love. I do. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I remember another fun fact about it. This movie <laughs> is actually in the uh, National Ar- Archives at the Library of Congress. It was preserved. Yes, Die Hard was what? accepted into the National Archives by the Library of Congress for being. Uh, what is it? Uh, well, yes. Super awesome. But in order to be allowed into the National Archives, you have to be considered either historically uh, important or culturally like important to America to be able to be accepted. And, and apparently uh, they decided that Die Hard met those standards and it was accepted not too long ago either. I think it was only like 2016 or 17. That it was put into the National Archives. So, like, wow. super awesome. <laughs> the, 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 exactly. And the United important. States government knows it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they made the FBI <laughs> look like the <laughs> <So>, Yeah. <laughs> they did. They really did. <laughs> um, there's some other things I want to actually talk about, too, real quick. And did you know that there was actually a. Yeah, there's cool like idea. five of them, right? No. Rolling around. Either I I forgot <laughs> no. how it was actually told. Yeah, I wasn't I'm not sure. Oh. Well, there was actually a different one. This is actually related to the first one though. And this is actually how I would actually do it and everything, but it was actually somebody, I'm not sure if it was like fan made, uh a fan made idea that somebody made, or it was the studios that thought this. But they thought it would actually be cool to actually do a diehard on the anniversary of the whole entire uh, Nakatomi building of and everything of the anniversary of when Hans actually took the building over. And 
they have like a tribute to okay, John McClane getting the medal and everything, and then something happens. Interesting. Which I would actually be happy with that. And then it takes place back in the building that happened in the first one. I think that'd be a good way to actually end so the franchise. Been, what, three. <laughs> it should have been. Well, I mean, Die Hard Three does incorporate <laughs> Hans into it kind of again by using his brother. I don't. As uh, you know, his motiv- his supposed motivation. I love right. Die Hard series, man. I got I got I watched the first Jeremy one, you know, recently to to get back into it. But man, I got to do the whole thing. I just got it. It's such an awesome series. Let's see. Another thing, too, is I used to go to the movie theaters all the time, and they used to have the Die Hard Arcade. And I used to just... I didn't even want to go to the movie. I just wanted to play the Die Hard Arcade machine. And you showed me, like, this And everything, that's how much I loved it. It is pretty cool. Before my time. Yeah, for then it was. (laughs) And then also, I wasn't even born yet when Die Hard came out. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm still probably super young. <laughs> but no, no, no. This is actually in the 90s, though. Yeah. this. Yeah, you were probably uber young, but, dude, the, I oh, love that game because you got to actually pick up the trash can. I got to emulate somebody that, outside man. The I got to find, like, an emulator. And then you also... And then you... And then... The cool thing is, as you're beating each uh, each level, you're moving That's up cool. on the building on each floor. So it's like you're actually being John yeah, McClane. But the guy doesn't look at that like point. Bruce Willis. And this was also a... No, he doesn't. <laughs> because it's even available on Sega Saturn at the time, too. As well. And then they also have the PlayStation video game, which I bought for the PS1, which I was totally let down because I thought it was supposed to be the arcade video game that oh, I played man, and I'm strange. like okay so this is what I'm playing I don't like this <laughs> yeah because they actually did Die Hard with the Vengeance and this. they actually mixed part 1, part 2 and part 3 so you got to play whatever uh, whatever, whatever Die Hard um, that's cool that you actually want to play that's in you can cool. actually play in that world yeah so I actually that part I liked because of the fact that I got to be inside uh, the airport on the second one. So that's why I always went to Die Hard 2 versus so Die Hard 1 on the video game. Bring the game back. Do you think if they, if they bring the game back, you know, with all the up-to-date graphics we have now, would it sell? I think it would. And then I yeah, think also Bruce, you incorporate Bruce that. Willis to be the voice behind it. And also, ha- well, yeah. you can also probably right, have um, some stuff from Hans as well that was from the super movie. Sad. Yeah, incorporate him in there. Yeah, but it, it, let me tell you this though too. Um, as far as the Bruce Will- with Bruce Willis, he was actually in a mm-hmm. in a video game back in the nineties. Oh, wow, he had his own video game for Die Hard, and he also was the voice of that video game. game. Oh. Bruce Willis, know. the experience. No, it was a, a sci-fi yeah. video game. <laughs> oh, no, I have no idea. <laughs> and I used to own it. Yeah, with crazy Demi Moore. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
I've never heard of that. I gotta check it was that actually out. called Apocalypse. Interesting. I I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this game a lot. It was a lot of fun playing this video game. And, and you know me, I, I, love I forgot what oh, year it came out in nineteen ninety eight. Check it out. I think that you guys both will like the gameplay. Just watching the gameplay videos and stuff like that. I would like to actually see that remastered. But anyways, um, is there anything else that you guys want to add to Die Hard or anything like that? Trivia, I guess. (laughs) So, we were talking about how Die Hard is culturally important. And in Family Guy, there's an episode, I want to say it's how Brian and Die Hard but uh, don't quote me. But Brian, <laughs> he was trying to uh, impress his date. And he was like, did you know I'm in Die Hard? And she was like, what? No way. So he put the tape in. And it was the scene where um, the FBI was coming on the scene. I remember this. I remember this. <laughs> I got that agent's name. Yeah, Dwayne. And he was like all enamored with the FBI. And Al was like, you want a breath mint? And then Brian's line was half breath mint. And he was like, I wrote that line myself. I love <laughs> I love like, in Bob's Burgers what? when they try when Gene tries to do the, the Ooh, Die Hard musical. I, like, yeah. I would see that. Definitely. Yeah. I would watch Die Hard musical. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. Every... <laughs> the, uh, I I would love I to see that as a musical. That would be hilarious. I don't know what it is, but every time he's like, knock the Tommy, knock the Tommy, that like just gets in my head at the most random times. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> I'm trying to make coffee, but I'm singing it. <laughs> Which is odd. And then the Cleveland show had Die Hard, too. Oh, God. It was Die Semi Heart. <laughs> and I think Cleveland was telling the story about how he saved these group of people in a building oh, with John McClain. <laughs> yeah. So I remember that. I remember that one. The culture, <laughs> that like was we my favorite episode. About, um, through these type of shows. And I think, too, with Hans falling off the, the building in the last scene, I think I saw it on Netflix movies that changed us. He was hanging onto like a wooden platform, and they didn't have really like that much CGI back then. So he was hanging on his wooden platform, and I think there was a beanbag below, and it was like this green type screen or whatnot. So the guy was like, "Okay, Alan, I'm gonna count to three, and then you're gonna let go." So he, I don't know why, but he kind of let him go while he was in the middle of counting. Oh, and that's, that's a surprise awesome. look on his face. Like, you're supposed to count to three. That's fantastic. <laughs> Just kind of slung him. Oh, wow. I didn't I didn't know that. That's awesome. And I mean, that's that would definitely help yeah, with the yeah. surprise. Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. He was supposed to count. That would. <laughs> We'll see. I want to actually talk about this, though, too, real quick. It's a, two more facts about trivia, and then uh, if you guys have anything else that you guys want to add, you guys can. But on Alec, Alan Rickman's first day of shooting, 
he filmed the scene when where Hans Gruber first runs into John McClane. He made a jump off the ledge about three feet high. He injured himself when he landed and damaged some cartilage in his knee. He was told by the doctor not to put any weight on his leg, on that leg, and he had to use crutches for a week. For the rest of the scene where Hans Gruber is standing and talking to John McClane, Alan Rickman is standing on one leg for the entire time (laughs) and has a leg brace on under his pants. Yeah. And then in 2007, Bruce Willis donated John McClane's undershirt to the Smithsonian Museum. Yeah. And then, ironically, Bruce Willis sneered at at for being an all-American hero by the (laughs) head German terrorist. Is actually more German than most the of the villains. Alan Rickman uh, was English, and Alexander Konovo was, was Russian. What? So he's yeah, Bruce Willis yeah. is, is more German what? than the guy playing the German bad guy. Yep, who isn't German at all. Oh man, was uh, he like a military? I don't remember exactly, you know the uh, you know the details of it, but I do know he was born yeah. in West Germany. Wow. Nice. Yep. This movie kicks ass. So, uh, is there anything <laughs> that you want to add to this movie? That's my last two seconds. Like as I've said it a does. couple times, I absolutely uh, love this movie. I love this movie series. It definitely deserves to be in the National Archives because it just is. And as we were saying, like it's so well known as, just in general. And I mean, it has become like an official christmas movie that like you know it's not christmas until i watch hans gruber fall off and knock into a closet you know like it's just it's a great movie i love this movie i'm always gonna love this movie it is um i just what about you tamika themes throughout the movie of like technology and i know hans was talking about industrialization and greed and <laughs> Anyway, that's the nerdy stuff. But, you know, like Rick was saying, <laughs> I tell you, you can be a in the Die Hard if you want to. I already dug deep about him not wearing shoes. <laughs> and that was like a five-minute conversation. I got fascinated. But, yeah, <laughs> for time's sake, I agree with Rick. It's not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off the Nakatomi bit. Definitely. And you know what else, guys? I have to say, this has actually been a fun podcast. I'm actually glad that we got a chance to actually review this movie because I've been wanting to do this forever. And I'm just glad that I finally... I'm just glad that we're finally able to do a die-hard movie review because this is just great. You know, just the three of us just talking about die-hard, how much it means to us and about pop culture. And if you haven't seen Die Hard, you at least know that the building is actually part of Die Hard, <laughs> even with the scenes with Family Guy. So you you have a yeah, rep- representation Rogers. of what yeah. Die Hard is in some type of way. <laughs> exactly. So anyways, guys, that's going to do it for the show today. I just want to say, of again, thank you, Thanks Rick. Thank us. you, Tamika, for being on thank the show, you. for us to be able to talk about Die Hard. You're very welcome. Anytime. And tomorrow, guys, we're actually doing a YouTube live event where a lot of news actually broke. And 
with Disney Plus over the week, uh, over Thursday, I believe it was, or Friday. And Charlie's going to be back on the show, and we're actually going to dive deep into this into this news between Marvel and Star Wars. We're going to go on ahead. We're going to break everything down, talk about it, speculate. It's going to be a lot of fun. You guys can also go on ahead and join the live chat as we're talking about it. We'll have conversations with you guys because we actually want to build this community with you. So, therefore, that us interacting with you is us just welcoming you in to the community. Another thing, too, if you guys want to, you guys don't have to, but if you want to donate into the show, you guys can go to the GoFundMe page in the links below. Also, too, we're actually sponsored on Audible, and you can go on ahead and go to that with the link below in the show notes. Go on ahead, click on that, subscribe for your 30-day trial. And then, of course, we also have some other things planned out for the week, and that is the fact that we're doing our Mafia Talk. Mike Perkins will be on the show with me on Monday doing... I talk in Sopranos episode, and then on the 17th, Rossi McCree is back doing the Christmas story review with me, and that's going to be a YouTube live event, so I cannot wait to actually do that, and of course, you guys, if you guys want to follow me, you guys can by going on to Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit, or you can go on ahead and go to Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook and, of course, on Instagram, and this platform, this podcast is actually available on all platforms for your podcast wherever you get your podcast from and if you want your entertainment news what other better place to go oh, to 